Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Taco Tuesday coming at you on a Monday. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex Regla at AlexMRegla on Twitter. That's where you can find us. Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing better after... Uh, job ja missed that free throw yesterday and basically ensured the Lakers get their first victory of the season. I feel exhausted after three games. Yeah, the Lakers definitely can't make it uh, easy on us fans uh, so far through three games. So it was the fact that, yes, they're not making it easy. Uh, Twitter was an absolute, you know, what show uh, after Friday's uh, encounters, let's say. Um <laughs> We can talk about all that here shortly, but um, I'm exhausted, just genuinely exhausted. And we're three games in. Um, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a grace period as far as figuring things out and what works, what doesn't work. But I didn't think it was going to be such a struggle. And I know people are going to be like, what are you talking about? They look great against Memphis. I'm like, yeah, in spurts, in spurts. They also got bailed out by a 36-year-old Carmelo Anthony, or 37, Carmelo Anthony. So, um we are going to talk about all this that's happening in Lakerland. I would just like to start here, Alex. My 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 heart sank when LeBron got rolled up on again. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Like, what have we been saying? They'll figure it out as long as they're healthy. And when he got rolled up on, oh, man, I freaked out. What about you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I freaked out, too. It's because, yeah. like, right before the injury or – when he fell down, like the Lakers were actually like on a little run and like, okay, like this could be the start of something here. And then of course LeBron gets hurt, but thankfully he kind of like jumps right back up, ties his shoe and he's fine. Mm. So <laughs> thankfully it wasn't as serious as it, it looked to be. Cause like on TV, at least it looked pretty bad in terms of like how he handled it. Like when he was on the floor, he looked like he was in pain. And then you can even hear the audience and attendants are just so quiet because they just, like like you said, one injury to, to him and the season's kind of done. Right. You would assume so. Although then that would put Russell Westbrook in a more familiar area as being the primary numero one guy, basically one or two guy. Uh, but that's, I, I think the thing with LeBron too is, he, you know, he's one for the dramatics. You know, remember last year he got poked in the eye. He's like, I saw three baskets. So I just shot for the one in the middle. It's like, okay, dude, if you say so. Um, so I think he kind of plays it up a little bit anytime he can, which makes me like freak out even more. Cause I'm not sure how really, cause when you saw the replays, you're like, wait, what happened? Like, it didn't look like it was too bad or even really anything at all. It just kind of looked like somebody like just bumped into his shin. Then he was holding his ankle and now he even showed up on the injury report. Although he is probable to play versus the Spurs tomorrow. So good news there. Have you um, seen Ted Lasso? Yes, all two, both seasons. So uh, I had a lot of like uh, quick flashbacks to, you know, the whole thing. Like if you get hurt, you're on the floor. Mm-hmm. You kind of like sell it uh, to make it look worse than it is. So you got like, this big round of applause. So I felt like LeBron t- took a note out of that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's like in order for me to draw yellow, I have to flop around to the ref can notice. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, so LeBron is going to play tomorrow, or at least probably means he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was some other injury news that um, Kendrick Nunn will be out at least two to three weeks. That's a big 
injury on top of the THT and Ariza because you know he was they were saying he was day to day and now he's two to three weeks yeah. so he won't be around so Lakers dealing with injuries and like we said I think it's an easy cop-out probably now that we've actually had some basketball to see uh, to say that you know if they're healthy they'll figure it out because clearly it's going to take some figuring out before they even get you know start talking about what kind of team they're going to be because whatever they are right now they're not going to be this team in February in March you know I think a lot of changes are happening I think there's a lot of rotations that are not working I think there's rotations that are working mm-hmm. we're seeing some emergence of, of guys that we never thought maybe we would ever even see so early on in the season and then of course as they get healthy when THC comes back when Reza comes back when Ellington plays when none comes back it's all gonna change the dynamic of what we're seeing so early on Alex I just want to ask you I guess um your, your overall impressions of the one and two Lakers so far? Oh, man. Um, it's really hard to, like, analyze this team at where they currently are. Like, all the context you just listed with the injuries, um, the growing pains we kind of all expected when, you know, this whole new roster came together. Like, this, outside of a few guys, like again, this is the first time a lot of these guys have played together, so expectedly there is going to be some bumps in the road and we kind of seen that early on and but um i thought yesterday was a step in the right direction in terms of a few things uh but uh, the defense i think is the biggest issue so far like i i think stopping the opposition has just been kind of a struggle um offensively they were really kind of struggling in the half court the first two games yesterday they kind of unlocked some stuff but it just feels like a major work in progress still. What about you? Um, I was ready to smash the panic button after Friday, to be totally honest with you. I was like, well, this is not going to work. This I mean, is, you're not this, alone. This, a lot of people right. really were think upset the, after that game. I think the interaction between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard was concerning to me because of multiple reasons, and maybe I'm digging too much into it because whatever. But here is why I think it was a big deal, and I still think it's a little bit of a big deal. Uh, a, it's game two. If frustrations are boiling over that bad over game two, like what is happening behind closed doors? Uh, that was concerning to me. Uh, secondly, I feel as if Dwight, as if, excuse me, as if DeAndre Jordan is playing his way out of rotation, which I think a lot of people are seeing. He's not really fitting in so much right now. Anthony Davis is progressing more and more as the five guy, right? As the center, he will get more time there. If DJ is playing less, AD will play more at the five. And if he is reluctant, and I'm not sure what the argument was about. I know they said it was squash, and I know all this, but I, I'm assuming here that Dwight might have been telling him things defensively about where to be, what to do, that kind of stuff. And and AD was not, I guess, open to those suggestions. But in my opinion, AD needs to be paying attention to what Dwight Howard tells him for playing the center position am i reading too much into it <laughs> um maybe like obviously we, we don't know what was said we, we do yeah. know i think after the game um to, to to the point you're making it was like a miscommunication on defense and seemed like a pick and roll defensive sequence where i, I don't know who got mad at who or what happened but um that's what it seemed like it was stemmed from but yeah it is a little concerning that the frustrations kind of boiled over like only after like five quarters or six quarters of the season but i thankfully it looked like they squashed it um there was no signs of anything this past game mm-hmm. and uh, i think more than anything like 
la- this last game was fun. Like the first two games weren't fun. Like I, I don't oh, think. No. But Not yesterday was fun, and I think that that really matters in terms of building that team chemistry and um, getting guys on the same page. Because when you're getting blown out, or when things are just a struggle to score to to stop guys, and yeah, that's when like the finger pointing starts. That's when kind of these frustrations boil over. So, uh, I mean, winning does cure a lot of things. So hopefully, this yesterday was a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and one of the things that came from that Friday blowout was that they just kind of threw dudes in. Mm-hmm that we're like hey you play here you play austin reeves yep and what have we found in austin reeves are we overreacting <laughs> to uh what has he played 30 minutes of a career so far or is he seriously breaking into this rotation to stay I, that, I, that's 30 minutes more than i would expect him to play at this point of the season um no i think they have like a legit rotation guy i'm not sure if he's like a top five rotation guy top six but he i think he definitely has filled a spot in the rotation in terms of guys that i yesterday i was like yeah reeves should probably be in here like yeah reeves should probably be in here like multiple times i texted I saying, you during yeah. the game yesterday which i rarely do when we're not yeah. podcasting and i was like is austin reeves viable defensively because yeah. i like what he does offensively like in terms of their other guards like reeves is currently like their biggest in terms of like uh, the guys available off the bench he's six foot five he has really good technique he battles um offensively he just does, does a lot of these kind of connector type things where he makes direct the extra pass he cuts at the right time um his shooting is is coming along better than i thought it would be so yeah he's just doing a little of all this all of like kind of things you would want a role player to do around three stars so i i definitely see why his fit has seemed really kind of perfect so far so i have a question because you bring up the defense and i know that was a lot of people's question is like okay so you brought in these three-point guys but who's going to defend for you on the wing um Bazemore had a good first game on steph and then not so good after no. that yeah, so my question to you is uh why do we care so much about defense and i know that sounds ridiculous to some but to me i'm like if you have monk who can score if you have mellow who can score westbrook can score lebron can score ad can score at the end of a game can we just go beat teams 135 to 130 i mean part of me thinks that 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 played a role into the roster construction that's got to be something that the front office probably discussed They, they probably said like it's enough to lose some defense to gain a lot of offense because last season, again, it was a struggle to score a lot of times, and the defense was really good, but it, that, that seemed to not get them where they wanted to be. So um, I think they are selling out a bit more for offense this year. Um, I, they also probably bank on Freak Vogel just getting them to be passable, and then the offense just overwhelmed teams. And the first two games, that just didn't happen, but yesterday we saw what it, it could look like. And yeah, I mean, they, when they're rolling like yesterday or or this like glimpses we've seen of it they're really overwhelming on offense like they just score like loads of points when when things are going well but at the end of the day they still need to stop the other team and i, I think know that I, I mean know. like yesterday probably shouldn't have been as close as it was if it wasn't for john Morant just exploding and the lakers have literally nothing to, mm-hmm. to throw at him so that, that does is a bit of a concern still. Yeah, I think the concern so far is that when the Lakers like don't score thirty points in a quarter, like yeah. teams make run runs on them. You know, like the 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 Grizzlies made a run in the third quarter. Um, 
the did, two quarters that DeAndre played. Did you notice played, when they made that run in the third quarter? In the beginning what? of the third quarter. I don't DeAndre know if we're going to talk about but, are you, like, I don't know where you're at, but I'm over the starting lineup already. I'm done uh, with I, it. Yeah, I mean, the DeAndre Jordan minutes are, are just wasted minutes, right? Yeah, they're inning I mean, they're not, minutes. Like. They're not really – they're not – productive they're just sloppy and they don't work and you know what's crazy like he didn't even play that bad yesterday like that was like probably his best game of the season and it's still just like he there's too many things he gives up on like overall in the aggregate that even when he individually plays well like it's still not enough to like make up for yeah. the detriment he has to the, the spacing or the athleticism, like I thought, he would be a lot more athletic than oh, he's yeah, looked. Me too. This is not the DeAndre Jordan no. of the Clippers. Like in the preseason, he, I, I thought he looked more athletic in the preseason than he does now. Because nobody was trying, and he was. Maybe that's maybe that's it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, Vogel, if there's one thing about Vogel, we know he's going to stick with lineups for a while. Um, but it, it's funny when Memphis made the run; it was kind of predictable. Like, okay, right. here, here they go. Like DJ's on. Um, yeah, I, to, to, I mean they need to, to, they need to be cr- more productive. Yeah. They need to be more productive because the thing is, when and I know that they basically and I agreed with the sentiment of trying to replicate the McGee Howard mm-hmm. combo. I know that's what they tried to, to go for. That's what they missed last year: the athletic big man, right? Like, regardless of the spacing on offense or anything like that, they wanted the athletic big man. Um, they just need to because let's not forget when they did have McGee and Howard in the championship run, like they they didn't even play a, a yeah. series against mm-hmm. Houston. So it's like not like there's go- there's not there's going to be spots where DeAndre Jordan will be useful. There will be matchups that DeAndre Jordan will be favorable to. Like the Warriors and the Suns and the Grizzlies are terrible matchups for the Lakers in general because of what they do. Maybe the more the Suns and the Warriors and the Grizzlies. So I would like to like I did tweet right away cuz I'm a very emotional tweeter like DJ can't play for the Lakers ever again because it's so obvious that when he's playing, they're not as successful. Mm-hmm. But I do think in the in an 82 game season, he will have spots for sure. And, and I think Vogel understands that. And some some like part of this is probably with him starting is to kind of keep him engaged because maybe he those minutes aren't there later in the season. Maybe uh, Howard starts, maybe AD starts at the five, but at least like. You can go to, to DJ and say, hey, we gave you a chance. Like It's not like they just put him on the bench. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might, that could be part of it. But, yeah, I just think long-term and, like, the sample size we've seen so far, and, and, like, albeit it is small, like, it just hasn't looked great. And, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, if you're going to play big, like, AD in a center, like Howard or DJ, then, like, be big. Like, I, I don't see them protecting the paint. They're not doing that great on the glass. It wasn't until yesterday where they finally scored points in the paint. Like they're not playing like a big team when they're going big. So I don't, I don't see what the point is then. Yeah. Also, um, did I miss something? Like why didn't Rondo play last night? I, I, that, I was going to mention it. Like I, I, that was my biggest, like one of the most and encouraging things of the game yesterday was the rotation, like shifting. Yeah. Uh yeah, Rondo DNP coach's decision. Bradley sure was if, Bradley was also very close to being DNP'd if it wasn't for right. like just no one being able to guard Jaw in the third quarter. Right. So that's interesting to me. I wonder if the Rondo thing was a fallout from the fan interaction. 
like I don't know undisclosed like I, suspension. I don't know. I, I honestly just think Reeves is better. I, well, I think even too, Monk, we... like Monk, has been pretty like encouraging also. So yeah, I mean that too. But we all know Vogel and, and Rondo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for him not to play is a big deal. It's a very big deal. We'll see tomorrow. Like it's gonna be interesting we'll see to see like if this rotation kind of. I thought they found some like successful combinations here. I hope I hope they kind of follow along tomorrow. I guess we got to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game he had yesterday was incredibly impressive. He scored 28 points on 10 of 15 shooting, six of eight from the three, plus 19 on the night. Carmelo Anthony, like I wasn't because the Blazers didn't really expect too much offensively from him. I guess I kind of had that that mentality, like, hey, you know, he'll, you know, he'll uh, he'll he'll just plug and play and score, you know, seven, eight a game. 28 out of nowhere is surprising. And I will say encouraging. I, I mean, like it, it's hard to get a minimum player and have them score 28 points in any game. So I think that does speak to the value uh, of Carmelo Anthony. Like he obviously is, has to be in a very specific role. Right. And I thought I'm going to write about this, but I thought yesterday was like, if you're going to like, draw a blueprint of like okay this is the ideal carmelo anthony you're gonna get this year where he's trying on defense where or at least he's like you can survive the minutes he's on defense and then on offense he's not like dribbling eight times and then pulling up for like this long two but he's more of a catch and shoot guy running off screens um spacing the floor i just thought everything was in rhythm for him last night it didn't feel forced so I think like last night, I, this is a game we can point to, like film we can point to, and for the coaching staff and say, okay, this is a Carmelo Anthony, like the ideal version of of what we need for this team. Yeah, and I, I saw some quotes today from the GM of the Lakers, LeBron James, about how the NBA just like gave up on him, and how it's just nice like when this organically happens or something like that. And I find that to be fascinating because really, I mean, he, the NBA did give up on Carmelo Anthony, and look, the ability. Like, listen, you can't just come into the league, like you said, and score 28 points. No. Like, you have to have some talent, and you have to have some game. Melo, surprisingly so far. I've been very surprised by Carmelo so far. Me too. I, I, I think he's um, after, I think it was like the second quarter against Golden State where he just started chucking. Like, he just, I think he had like nine shots in seven minutes or something like that. And mm-hmm. like, okay, this is way too much Carmelo Anthony. And then his defense wasn't great. So it's just a snowball effect but since right. then I, I think he's found like a better rhythm of where he needs to be on the floor letting letting shots come to him versus him like creating shots for himself mm-hmm. so um and in terms of like front court players like carmelo is really the only spacer they have to put next to, to uh, ad if not lebron so I, I yeah i've been encouraged so far i, I think he he's been one of the more uh, pleasant surprises of the season yeah, that when we did the post game after the first game, we were both saying like the offense cannot run through Carmelo yeah. Anthony. What we meant by that is what, exactly what you just said. You cannot have him creating his own shots. Other guys got to create his own his shots and just catch and shoot with the guy. It's really not. And he's great. And he's science. really good at that still. Right, and then Russell Westbrook when he's aggressive, you know, thirteen assists yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what they brought him on for to create those things, to create the, those opportunities. And, and like the the bright spot was like LeBron and AD didn't have the greatest of games. Like I thought AD was really good on defense, um, 
but like LeBron's scoring was wasn't there as as it was the first two games. Uh, like Westbrook was a lot better, but he still had like I think like nine turnovers and missed a lot of shots. So to have a guy off the bench who could score twenty eight, to have a guy like Monk come off the bench, to have a guy like Reeves even do like little things here and there, I thought that was encouraging that they got a win when the the two stars didn't play well because I think after that first game the narrative was like these two guys played amazing and you guys still couldn't win so it, it was cool to see them get the win when those two guys weren't playing well um the Lakers are shooting 43.4 percent <laughs> yeah. from three yeah how about that I'm looking around the NBA and right now there is nobody above them in three-point percentage made how much the of that six, do you think is the because Sixers are second? How much of that do you think is because defense are letting him take those threes, like crowding the paint, hey. just like letting him shoot when they well, want? Yeah, I mean they're not they're not outscoring teams in the paint, which is weird. But yeah. hey, if you're gonna make them, it's not like years past where I'm yeah. upset about it. Like then great, make them. I and I feel more confident with the guys taking them this year. Like like we said, Carmelo, like even Malik Monk, um, and like this is without Wayne Allenson playing. Like Bazemore is like at least matched what he did last year. LeBron is shooting fantastic from three to start the season. So that's another like encouraging thing. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers have the number one three point percentage, but they also only have the 14th highest three point attempts. Hmm. So they're not like chucking them up there. No. You know, they're not the, the Knicks who are throwing up a crap ton. So that's always uh good to see with the Lakers so far. Cause that is very, very different than what we've seen. Yeah in previous years while LeBron has been here. Uh, overall, man, listen, I knew they would struggle early on. I didn't think they would. I I think Friday is really putting just a red flag up for me just because it's, it's really difficult to let those things go. I mean, they're so visual. Like, they didn't even try and hide their issues on Friday, which I found interesting. Um, but Sunday was encouraging, and thankfully, John Morant missed that free throw and bailed them out because... Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, if we're in here 0-3 and Friday happens, I'm a different person. Yeah, if they would have lost last yesterday, I, I think that would have been really disappointing and disheartening because I thought they played pretty well last night. And for them to still lose, uh, yeah, that would, that would not have been good. Yeah, so um, we're here on Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla is me, at Alex Padilla 86 At Alex M. Regla is that Alex over there. He said... You did like just kind of briefly say you were writing about this. Have you? What are you writing for SilverScreenRoll.com right now? Yeah, I'm writing something on again just Carmelo Anthony and kind of less being more with him and how I, I thought yesterday was just a perfect example of what what him being in a role and what that role looks like and him kind of providing the team with something they don't have on the roster besides him. So yeah, I I think that should be out um, Tuesday. So when this episode probably comes out, nice. So silverscreenroll.com at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You can catch his work there. Um, and if you're just now listening, we are called Taco Tuesday. We're doing it on Monday. We had to do a little switcheroo. Uh, normally we do the podcast on Tuesdays. And Alex, uh, assuming that we do it on Tuesday next week, uh, the Lakers play five times Whoa. from now until Tuesday. Um, they play uh, tomorrow. They, so we got a back-to-back. The first back-to-back of the season at San Antonio, at Oklahoma. So it's not a long trip or anything like that. Then they're back home on Friday against the Cavs, 
Sunday against the Rockets and Tuesday against the Rockets. A back-to-back with the Rockets. Um, I don't know what's up with that scheduling quirk, but uh, they do play five times, three at home, two on the road. And what we like to finish around here is we like to do a little prediction. I think we both said um, that they would be well, – that we, would, we were going to come on after the Spurs game. I think I said one and two, and you said two and one. Yeah, um, you nailed it. Uh, well, they're one and one. Oh, okay. Play. You're not counting the other ones. Okay. No, they didn't – yeah. They, they didn't play uh, the Spurs. So we have five games to predict, all winnable. I'm not going to say must win, but you, you, you better win most of these games. Alex, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Aspers, I, at Thunder, Cleveland, Rockets, Rockets. I, I mean, ideally, you win all five. Uh, I think these, like you said, these are all winnable. Uh, but I, I'm sure there's going to be a game in there where something weird happens or they let their guard down. So I think they're going to go four and one. What do you think? Uh, the th- the Spurs are one and two, the Thunder are zero and three, the Cavs are one and two, and the Rockets are one and two. Okay, so this isn't the murderer's row, and I am not a you. If you know, if you don't know the show, I'm not like the most optimistic person of in the world, but I am demanding, Alex, <laughs> demanding. All five wins. And if you slip up, it better be against the Spurs. That's the only respectable team on your schedule right now. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's like that Cleveland game or one of the Rockets games. I I, I want to see it because like we saw yesterday, like young, quick teams. I, I wonder how an older team like the Lakers react to them, especially if it's a team they think they can just beat or take like, like take lightly. So I, yeah, I, one of those Houston or Cleveland games is a little dicey for me. Yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, these are not your early 2000 Spurs anymore. I'm looking at, you know, they don't have DeRozan anymore. You know, Patty Mills is gone. So their lead scorer is Keldon Johnson, Derek White, and Doug McDermott. You know? So I, I understand your mentality, but I demanded it. So I got to get it. I got to get five wins, dude. I, I really do think they at least, they they need at least four, and that's a lot. Like to, I do, I, I agree. So I, I yeah. Again, if anything, this is a perfect time after the rough start to the season to build some momentum. I would love to see them kind of like win one of these games pretty easily to just mm-hmm. kind of show that they can over like whelm a team. So yeah, it, as long as they get the job done, I think they'll be on the right track. Right. I mean, last year, the Lakers lost opening. I mean, they've lost op- four straight opening nights. And then they start, they went on a run mm-hmm. and went 22 and 7 yeah. to start the season. So, uh, and then I think the year before that, I want to say, yeah, they start 0 1 and then they went 24 and 3. So, I mean, the Lakers have done this in the past. I know it's a different team. So, to, for them to go on a run here against a soft schedule, we've seen it before. So I would like to see that again. I do agree with you. Four wins is a lot, but I still would like to see. No, I demand to see <laughs> five more wins. All right, Alex, uh, Lakers, one and two, and they take on the Spurs tomorrow night. So enjoy that game. Uh, if you are listening and you are not subscribed, make sure you do subscribe to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. There's a podcast every single day, every single day on this endless network. So don't miss any of them. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon, literally anywhere there's a podcast. We are there. We're Taco Tuesday at AlexPedia86. He's Alex Regla at AlexM 
Regla. Alex, any final departing words? Uh, <laughs> like, I'll say that it, it, it's raining over here in L.A. I'm assuming a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are from L.A. Just be careful out there. I, I was driving yeah. home, and I think people forget how to drive when it's raining or something. So just be yes. careful out there. Same here. A little, sir, a little more south in California. It is like a weird, like, like twisty rain. Like the trees are going in every single direction. So just stay safe out there. And if you're in Northern California, really stay safe out mm-hmm. there. Freaking cyclone bomb? What the hell is that? <laughs> it's the what end the of times. It's definitely said, the end of times. They had a flash flood, extreme flash flood warning for 24 hours? Damn. They were supposed to get like a, I forget how many inches of rain in a span of 24 hours, but I don't know if they got it, but hopefully they don't. Everybody, just stay safe, okay? You know Californians <laughs> don't do well with weather, so just stay safe out there. Alex, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Thank you.